I'm Harlan Landis. Is social media ruining your life? Today on Adulting, Miranda Marquit and I speak about how to make it stop. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Hi, I'm Harlan, and this is Miranda. Hi. Hi, and welcome to Adulting. Today we're talking about social media. So uh, social media, what you say, can really come back to haunt you. Yeah, so I came across this Rolling Star- Stone article who a few weeks ago, and, it, and they basically have, it's, they call it a brief history of people getting fired for social media stupidity. So, but basically it's just a, it's a list of racist and sexist tweets that people made or, or posts that they made on Facebook. Everything from uh, British bankers play acting and ISIS beheading, which got them fired. And then they had, uh, they had stuff about like this Maryland state statistics official and he was a police liaison, which was interesting anyway. But he updated his Facebook status and he said, I'm visiting the prisons. I haven't been groped this much since the flight on the honeymoon. And this is just the guards. So he just made this horrible, okay. horrible thing. And, he's, and it says, because he's so diligent and conscientious, he tagged his boss as well as the exact prison he was visiting. So, so not only did he make this tasteless comment that nobody would have appreciated, but he tagged his boss. He, that guy is no longer his boss. Sure. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> That's right. And then there was, there was a bartender who called black people unhirable. And uh, that wow. was great. And then a hospital employee who suggested the police should be committing genocide in Ferguson. So it, it, there are just so many examples. And all of these people, of course, were fired. So <laughs> for what they did, <laughs> because nobody, no hospital, no restaurant wants to be associated with people who make these kinds of comments. What goes through somebody's head to make them post something so whether it's racially insensitive or just insensitive to anybody. And uh, is there, do they feel that because their social media is full of their friends and their friends may be like-minded that they can say things and it's not a problem? I think there's a couple things going on here. One, I'm not sure how much thought is going into this, first of all. And two, I I think it has a lot to do with the se- semi-anonymous nature of it all. And, and you do think, yeah, your friends see you there. And like you said, a lot of them are probably like-minded and, and aren't going to get bent out of shape out of it. But we also have this idea that we're behind this computer screen and it sort of protects us, we think. There's this idea that even though we're being out there, we're not really out there. It, it's, it's a weird... I think it's a weird uh, ju- juxtaposition that we're running into here where on the one hand, you're like, hey, you know, I'm not being totally anonymous. You know, people know who I am. But at the same time, you're like, well, I'm not really out there. I'm not saying anything to anyone's face. So it's just it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, but as we're seeing more and more, it matters. If you're talking to somebody privately or semi privately, you can say something and it can be dismissed as a fleeting moment and people will forget it. 
But once you put it onto some kind of social media type of uh, medium, then it's around, you know, it, it's, it's a moment that lasts. You know, you can't outrun it. And that's true. And even if you delete it, it's still there somewhere. Somebody might have taken a screenshot. Somebody might have cached it. Just because you've deleted it doesn't mean it's gone. And it's that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize either. Right. And just because you share something privately with, you know, either a small group of people, you th- you think that it won't get out into the public. Um, you know, there are some safeguards that social media sites like Facebook put in so it's not automatically shareable to people you haven't shared it with originally. But anybody can take a screenshot and then suddenly it it could be made public and something that you said in close confidence to a small group of people or just one friend uh, can be made public and uh, be out there for everybody to see. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest examples in recent years was that whole thing about uh, Justine Sacco. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say her name? Do you remember that when she yeah. was flying? Yeah. I, well, who doesn't remember that? She had like less than 180 Twitter followers and she just put out a really insensitive joke about flying to Africa before she got on her plane in London and she had an 11 hour flight and it just turned into this global watch because everybody was waiting for her to land. Everybody was taking her down. Like she was trending worldwide and everybody was waiting for her to land in South Africa and see what an amazing mess this was. And you look at that and somebody with less than less than 200 Twitter followers became a global sensation. And her best friend even tried to delete her account and delete the tweet. And it was too late. It didn't it didn't matter. Yeah. And not to make any excuses for stupid behavior, but there, there's a problem because when you say one thing to your friends, there's a certain context. They understand who you are and whether you're being sarcastic or ironic. And you say something and suddenly the whole world hears what you said. There's there's no context. They have no understanding of who this person is, only how they're supposed to act in the certain role that they have. And that's and that's one of the, the, the things that you really do have to be careful about with social media is now everything is out there and people are going to judge you by who you're supposed to be. And, you know, I remember, you remember uh, when you first, when we were first online and you could make up, I mean, look at you, you had, you know, you were anonymous, you had Flexo and you used a Futurama based, you know, <laughs> you used a Futurama based avatar and people didn't know who you were. And today, a lot of that anonymity is gone. It's, and part of your life is just being there. I mean, I've already incorporated Facebook and Twitter and Instagram into my life, sure. which is, which, and LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is actually useful. But, but you've, but these things are all part of our lives. Yeah. And I think it's, it's such an integral part of people's lives now. And I mean, social media is what we're calling something very specific, but really it's, we're, it's, it's just another piece of how we communicate, um, with, with our friends and with our colleagues and with the world. It might, social, social media sites like Facebook and Twitter might have started out mainly used for socialization and to keep your friends uh, apprised of what you're, what you're going, what's going on in your life. While we use social media for socialization, especially you know, some of the younger, younger generations, it's, it, it reaches far beyond that. Um, you know, you, you can't just look at this, look at these, 
uh, social media sites as a way to communicate with your friends um, because uh, it, the reach is so much broader than that. Whether you have future employers, they're going to be able to access your information um, in terms of seeing what you've what you've shared socially. And and there are some employers now who are even you know checking when they check out new candidates. They're they're doing more than just background checks and and uh, credit checks, but they're going into, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to find everything that they can about these candidates. And that includes social media accounts, everything that you've shared publicly or has been shared about you publicly. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's something that people have to pay attention to so that they're not, they're not, you know, surprised when you don't get hired for a job when all of your social media is pictures of you, you know, drinking and partying and uh, saying things that would be more appropriate for, you know, a playground than for, you know, the workplace. Well, yeah. And when you make a good point about uh, employers looking at this stuff, because this has become something that they do. According to CareerBuilder, 43% of employers use social networking sites to research candidates. And of those 43%, of those who use social networking to, to look for candidates, 51% of employers have found information that presents, prevents them from making the hire. Yeah, so what kind of information might they find that would prevent, prevent a hire? Right, so uh, looking at the career builder uh, <clears throat> information, what they point out is the, most, the issues most likely to get you fired uh, or even not hired in the first place uh, well, the, actually, according to Jobvite, this information is from Jobvite, is illegal drugs, sexual posts, profanity, guns, and alcohol. So all of those things that, you know, we think are funny or we think would be fun to be like, hey, look at me having a good time. All of those things are things that people kind of want to stay away from. Like a, a business doesn't want somebody who's obviously dealing illegal, illegal drugs uh, but they don't want somebody who's who they're worried about is going to reflect poorly upon them. And another thing that Jobvite found was even poor grammar and spelling in your social media posts. I mean, this is my own pet peeve because I'm a writer and I grew up writing <laughs> properly. <laughs> so I, I have a hard time with, you know, text speak, LOL speak. I have a hard time with that. And maybe it's dating me and I'm too old, but... Apparently, employers want to know that you can, in fact, use the English language before they hire you. But it, it, do you think that's changing as 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 some of these ways of communicating are permeating the world? Um, are employers kind of taking a stance where you know maybe they understand more that people can communicate in two different ways and? and and, you know, code shifting is a thing. I mean, you speak one way with a certain group of people, you speak another way with a different group of people, um, depending on your uh, social environment um, at any particular time. Does does that make a difference at all? Or do employers just see this as, you know, this is the way this person is, and this is, you know, therefore, we can expect certain behavior on the job, and therefore, we probably don't want to take the risk of hiring this person. Well, I think there's probably a combination of things going on. First of all, if somebody's looking at your Facebook page or they've managed to see something that you've made public on your Facebook page and they see that, okay, so they've got a fun picture of them having a drink, you know, or, you know, how to have a fun picture of them, you know, doing something, whatever, but it's not t t terribly dangerous or, you know, they've made, you know, maybe they have an occasion. I mean, I sometimes use profanity in my own 
Facebook posts and Twitter posts. <laughs> not, not hugely often, but sometimes. And I think occasionally doing that where it's just your personality showing through, that's one thing. But if they look at it and it's all about, it's all really political, it's really ranty, and it's always about just, you know, if they're looking at it and all it is is these pictures of you getting high or these pictures of you in um, compromising situations, then I think that's when it starts to get a little bit iffy. And I think that there's a line there and I think it's all, it's all very subjective. Once you start getting onto social media and start looking at it and doing this background check, it becomes very subjective. And it depends on who the employer is, the kind of image they're trying to do. Because, you know, let's, let's face it, some employers, like if you're, if you're applying to work at a gun range, maybe they're happy that you've got shots of ammo and guns and you're always talking about gun control. Maybe that, that works for them and that's fine. But... I mean, part of it is is just being aware of, you know, who you're trying to target with your own personal branding. This is all part of your personal branding. Who are you trying to target and what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, and I think it's not always about employers either. I think, right. you know, it, there's there's more to life than, you know, doing than just basing your decisions on the potential of being hired by a certain company somewhere down the line. I think, you know, there's we should have a sense of who is this person I want to be and is what I'm is my behavior on social media reflecting the, the, the person who I want to be. You know, I think it's important to remember that as well Uh, because you know, I'm personally, I'm not, I'm not particularly looking for a job, but I have, there are several roles in my life that I play, whether they're professional roles or their roles as a a volunteer for an organization or whether it's a executive director of a foundation. There are certain things that, you know, I, I, I need to be in my life. And I think uh, some difficulty that I've had is explaining to people who are, you know, more on the, uh, you know, more on the social side of my life, you know, that I don't want to have certain things show up when, you know, people are looking into who I am. I mean, if someone wants to, if someone wants to donate money to the foundation, um, then I want them to be able to find information about me and about who I am, see that I'm serious about doing what I'm doing. Uh, otherwise, anything that distracts from that could, could be a real problem in the end. Um, you know, my friends, you know, a lot of people uh, who are involved in this foundation are my friends, so they kind of understand and may be a little more lenient. But when you're going out to different organizations and, and asking them, you know, to, to be partners, I think it's something to remember. Um, and the way I look at things is I try to think about this and I say that, you know, I don't always live by this, but I try to remember this once in a while is, you know, so whatever you say on social media or whatever you post online, just imagine as if the New York times is quoting you, you know, right. uh, Harlan <laughs> Landis was quoted as saying, uh, you know, I, I can't even thinking, I can't, think of something I can't ridiculous think, to say. I'm sorry. I can't even think of something ridiculous you would say. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, and so, uh, you know, Harlan Landis was quoted saying, Oh, I woke up this morning and fell flat on my face. Cause I was out drinking so much last night or something like that. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's uh, friends would understand. I mean, I don't really, I don't do that at all, but uh, friends would uh, friends would still understand. If you don't post that stuff, or you don't go out late drink. No, <laughs> kidding. Both of those things. <laughs> but you know, I think where where friends might understand a potential um, you know potential investor or a partner might not understand quite as well that that is you know 
I, you know, I, th- I think we're all adults and we all understand that people have things that go on their lives that are not necessarily professional. It's just a question of, you know, are you willing to share that or have the world know this, you know, this particular thing that uh, that might not be that might not be helpful. Well, I think that's kind of where vague booking comes in, right? <laughs> where uh, where yes. you start, where you're like, well, I want to, I, I, I've got to get this out there, but at the same time, uh, I don't want to be too out there. And um, I mean, I, I did this, I did this last a couple months ago. <laughs> I vague booked, <laughs> and it's not something I do a lot of, but it's something I do sometimes. And uh, I was vague booking an experience I had because I didn't want to be, I wanted to get out there and express my uh, thanks for the this community that had helped me and these wonderful people that had helped me. But at the same time, I was like, well, I don't want to be really explicit about what happened. And so I did sort of vague book a little bit. And it and I found out later that it kind of caused an uproar in my family who were like, what is he doing? Um, because once again, depending on who you're with and what you're trying to do, uh, they all, of course, were Oh my gosh! What is what is Miranda doing? <laughs> what is going on in Miranda's life when she's away? <laughs> so so vague booking, kind of like posting posting something to your friends that doesn't quite describe something, and and may have a few hints here or there to to you know maybe there's one or two people who may understand exactly what it is you're talking about. But uh, and I, and I've done this before. I think everybody has. Uh, it's. It's a way to uh, seek attention uh, sometimes, or it's a way to hurt someone while still having plausible deniability about your intentions and say, oh, well, I wasn't referring to what you thought I was referring to. It's, it's a very dangerous method of communication, and I think we have to get over this. A lot of social media happens because we want people to pay attention to us. I mean, we want people to see what we're doing. We want people to uh, know what's up in our lives. And that's that's kind of a selfish uh, need. Um, and and vague booking is basically the, you know, the, the pinnacle of uh, of selfish, you know, communication. It's, you know, I've got something to say. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but there's something that, you know, I really want to get off my chest. Getting something off your chest isn't really about communicating. It's about, you know, releasing a need inside of you. And if you have to do that so that people see it, then it's combining that need with the need for attention. And it is, it's not, it, this, it's not a classy way of, of communicating. It's just, it's just not. And, um, right, but we've all done it. We, we've all done it. I, <laughs> I'm, done it. <laughs> I'm guilty. Uh, Miranda, you're guilty. Like you I'm said, guilty. so guilty. Um, and all of our friends are guilty. We, we've all d- done it to some extent. Um, but it's one of those things that we just have to try not to do because it really reflects poorly on our, our own psyche and neediness. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was telling a friend once and he is actually, he's not really very active on social media. He doesn't get out there very much at all. Uh, even though I do know him through the internet, he's still not a social media type person. And we were having a private Skype chat about, you know, stuff. And he's like, 
you know, I was like, well, I'll probably put a vague book thing out about this when it happens. He's like, he's like, I don't, he's like, why, why do you need to do things like that? And I was like, I don't know, maybe just to let people know my, my life sucks. <laughs> and, and maybe I could just use, let people know I need hugs, even though I don't want to tell them why I need hugs. <laughs> and so, you know, in, in a way you're right. I mean, it is about, Hey, I want some attention. I want a little love. I want a little I want to. I want to feel like I'm loved, but at the same time, I really don't want to put everything out there. Well, it it puts a lot of pressure too, because I think everybody wants to be liked, which means everybody wants to get some likes on Facebook. They want people to click that like button, and they want people to comment because there's a feeling of validation that you you get from that when when people will uh, communicate with you and take your side on things, and you know that's probably the root of a lot of political rants too. Um, I think, you know, that's social media has allowed us to really show how selfish we all are and how needy we are. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's dangerous. I mean, I guess it's good that it's out in the open, but anytime something like this gets out in the open, it just kind of, uh, it makes it feel like it's normal. Like it's normal to, to post these, uh, vague messages to get attention. And then it's normal to, you know, uh, try to get people to, to, um, you know, support your, your, your side of things and get those likes and comments and everything. But, you know, it, the, the more, the more normal we think it is, the more we just, uh, encourage, uh, this behavior, you know, in the end, it's just, it's going to hurt people. It, it always does. Um, you know, there's just, there's just no way to get around it. I think, I think, you know, we have to just be conscious about everything that we, we write, you know, social media is immediate. So you never want to wait before posting something if you're feeling it. But if there's any chance of it, you know, offending someone or just, uh, reflecting, you know, a negative side of something or an overly positive side that doesn't need to be hyped then you know, just give it some time to think about it and, and see, uh, see what, what might come up if you just wait. Okay. So when you're, when you're thinking about what you're going to post and being careful about what you, what you post, you also need to think about it from the standpoint of posting about other people and what should you post about others and thinking twice about that. Sometimes it's really fun to, you know, tag all your friends and we're having a really good time and let's just tag everybody, but does everybody want to be tagged? And so I think that's another thing you have to think about before you post. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's on social media for, well, mostly the same reason, but uh, people, different people have different things in their lives going on. Um, you don't know whether s- tagging somebody at some location or checking, checking in will have a, an effect on some other issue that they have going on in their life. So, you know, you should always ask permission first. I mean, don't do anything without asking permission. And I think we take a shortcut because it's so easy for people to just, you know, untag themselves or remove themselves from, you know, the, 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 whatever this, the update is, uh, and I'm talking specifically about Facebook right now, but I don't think that really solves the whole problem. And I'm wondering, you know, maybe just deleting yourself from social media and just, um, taking yourself off of Facebook, canceling your account might, might actually be a good thing, um, to, uh, just take all of this out of your life. And, you know, when you need to communicate with your friends, do it a different way. Yeah. And I think that that, that can make sense as well. Uh, but 
if you are going to put stuff up, I do believe in asking permission. That mm-hmm. is the classy thing to do. <laughs> I, I let people know when I'm taking pictures or whatever. I'm like, you know, I say, hey, you know, this might go up on Facebook. Is that okay? Uh, especially if I'm taking pictures of other people's children. Oh, yeah. Even my sister's kids, my wonderful nieces and nephews, um, I, when I, when we're out and about, when we're doing something fun, you know, I tell her, I say, is it okay if I post this stuff up on Facebook? And she's usually pretty good about it. She thinks it's fun because she wants to see the pictures too. And so she's, she's happy with it, but you should always ask somebody, I think before, before you're going to run around and post it up there. I, I just think that that's polite. Yeah. You know, a lot of our friends are parents, so right. there is always, you know, I, I see just streams and streams of, of pictures of children in my Facebook feed, <laughs> you know, which is fine. And, you know, I'm not a parent, so I'm, I can't be a hundred percent sure of, of what I would do, but you know, it, it feels like, you know, it's when you share things with your friends on Facebook or, or Twitter or any other social media that you, that you generally want to use, most of the time it's Facebook that you see this, um, you know, it's, it's just like going around to your friends and, you know, opening your wallet and saying, hey, take a look at my, you know, this picture of my kids that I took, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And because I had to wait to get the film developed, it's already, you know, a couple of days old at least. Um Today, everything's instantaneous and you can dump hundreds of pictures, you know, within minutes. You know, I feel that there's a big privacy concern about this. Just having pictures of your children online so much seems to me just an invitation for trouble uh, down the road. And, you know, perhaps my parents would have done this had social media been around when I was a kid. Um, But I feel kind of happy that I can you know, that I can go through a photo album and pick out one or two pictures and say, all right, you know, here, here's me as a kid. Um, and if I were, you know, born more recently, 30 years from now, going back and looking back at the, par- the, the, the hundreds of pictures my parents posted, I, I might be embarrassed. I might not want all this stuff out there. Um, you know, I would have been too young to have a say in whether, my privacy was being violated. Um, right. And, and I think you have to kind of, of course, decide that for yourself, but I've tried with my own son to be very careful about which pictures I put up there. And I try not to put a lot of pictures up there because I don't think anybody wants to look at them. But, uh, I think at the same time you make a good point and I've been calling him the boy. I don't even use his name and I have changed. I mean, the privacy settings on, the pictures I put up are, are different from other things that I put up Yeah, because I, I do want to kind of limit that, but you know, he'll be 13. And actually when this airs, he is, he'll, he's 13 when this airs. And, uh, and I've told him he has to friend me. Well, <laughs> if he's going to be on social media, he has to be connected to me. But at the same time, that changes everything. Right. All of a sudden, you know, he, his name will be out there, pictures, he'll probably go tag himself. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's getting excited. So, so. so what do you intend on teaching him in terms of social media behavior? Right. Well, I've already started teaching him. I've already said, here, let's be careful about what we put out there. Let's be careful about what you think about putting out there. Let's think things through and really think about it because it's always going to be there. To some degree, he is... I mean, he understands this stuff, I think, better than maybe some people that are five, six, seven, or eight years older than he is. 
just because he's grown up with somebody who does her work online. And so this is stuff we've already talked about. And, and I, you know, and that's why I said, you know, you have to be friends with me on, you know, you have to, I have, you know, your accounts, I have to be able to see what you're doing. Uh, but of course the flip side is now he can see what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm the kind of mom that maybe that's probably really more of the problem. So, <laughs> so really that's, that's, that's the real fear is I'm not worried about what he's going to do online. I'm worried about that. He's going to see what I've been doing. So <laughs> And I think to, do, to a certain degree, he's worried too. Like, oh my gosh, that's my mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> Are you going to um, uh, log in as him and, you know, make sure you, you're monitoring his activity and see who his friends are and everything? Yeah, I'll definitely keep tabs on it. I don't know that I'll log in as him. Uh, like I said, I ex- I'll expect him to connect his account to mine. He has to friend me. Uh, at the same time, though, I... I don't know that it's appropriate for me to go in and like be his account, but um, if I had to, I could go in and do it. And his his uh, computer is my old computer, and so if I need to take it over for some reason, I can. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I why I would, because so far he's been pretty good and pretty responsible. But who knows? <laughs> Everything changes when they become teenagers. It's like a magic switch, right? So let's talk a bit about what people can do right now to kind right. of uh, improve their social media uh, in terms of let's, you know, let's be more mature and more adult-like about this. Um, not that all adults handle it perfectly, as as we know, because you and I are both adults and we are not perfect. We um, like to think we're adults. <laughs> we like to think we're adults. We, we know we're not perfect. Um, That's right. Let's let's talk about a social media audit. Yeah. So the first thing you want to do when you're starting to get your social media house in order is do an audit. And you want to review your accounts, get rid of what might be construed as inappropriate or damaging. Now, I did. I know I mentioned earlier that sometimes people can take a screenshot or sometimes it's cached and people can go back and get it. Uh, the key here, though, is a lot of it, it takes a whole lot more to dig and get it if You haven't been made famous about it before. So if you get rid of it now before somebody finds it and blows it up all over the place, you have a better chance of keeping it gone. If it's still there when somebody finds out about it and blows it up, that's when you have a harder time getting rid of it. So review your social media accounts right now. Uh, Look at what you think might be construed as inappropriate or damaging, depending on, as you said earlier, Harlan, uh, what kind of person do you want to be? What do you want to project? So do that first. And then the second thing you should do is check your privacy settings. It never ceases to amaze me how many people don't check their privacy settings. So check your privacy settings and make sure, uh, and and even in a lot of accounts, you can even restrict who sees what. I I have friends on Instagram and on Twitter who secure their accounts so that people can't follow them and see what they're doing unless they grant permission. I'm a little different because obviously I'm a writer. I'm out there more. Uh, My Twitter account, anybody can follow me and see what I'm doing on Twitter. I do have some different, I have custom privacy settings on Facebook um, to limit who can see pictures uh, because of my son. Who knows how that's going to hold up. But so, yeah, so check your privacy settings and change them so that they do provide you a little privacy. But at the same time, when you're moving forward, 
Think carefully about what you post and how you post it. No matter your privacy settings, there's always a chance that it's going to get out there Mm -hmm. and you have to be aware of that. No matter how private or locked down tight you think you are, someone somewhere can get it. And you have to think of that way. That's 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 really important to remember. And we've we've mentioned a few times throughout uh, the episode today is that your privacy settings will will do a little bit to prevent communication beyond who you want to see uh, any particular update. But they can easily be overridden by someone who uh, just wants to share um, what you've said, and they can do it by taking a screenshot. Even in you know mobile apps that say that you know updates <laughs> disappear immediately. Oh, there are always ways um, to for people to to save what you're doing and to get it out if they want to do that. And we put a lot of trust in our friends that they're not going to do that. Um, you know, and I do that too. There are some updates that I share only with specific groups of people. Um, and, but you know, as long as you keep in mind and just have the approach that anything you say, regardless to whomever, whether it's just friends or, or the world publicly, uh, just anticipate that it's going to get out. Is it something that you want the world to see? And if it isn't, then just don't do it. That's right. (laughs) Always good advice. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a listener question. Um, You know, we we can control what we do, but we can't control everybody else. So how do you deal with a friend who is always tagging you in social media and affecting you know your online reputation with things that you don't particularly want that want the world to to or even your friends to to see or know about. Yeah, that's tough. So first of all, the first thing you want to do is talk to them about it. Because these days, a lot of the time, they may not even be aware that it's bothering you. So the first thing you want to do is talk about it and say, just to say, hey, I really appreciate if you don't tag me, or I'm really working on my online image right now. And could you please not tag me? Or could you please check with me before you post <laughs> post this incriminating photo. <laughs> but uh, and I do I actually have my one of my sisters in law, she uh, she has a thing on Facebook where no one can tag her without her permission. So if you go to try to tag her, you can tag her, but it won't show up unless she looks at it and approves the tag. So there are things you can do like that as far as Facebook goes. It's a little bit harder with Twitter when somebody puts it up there and ats you. <laughs> even when you do that with Facebook, though, even if you reject the tag, this item will still be on their page and their page could be shared publicly or with people. And so they might see your name, even if you're not tagged, quote unquote, and even if it's not in your feed or on your page, uh, it still is out there in the world. I mean, you, the only way to do that is to ask them to delete it or to not do it in the first place. And that's sometimes what you have to do. And I think one of the things you have to also be worried about, and I remember our, um, (laughs) Our friend Tom Drake, we were at FinCon and uh, we had a friend who was pulling out the Twitter, you know, he was getting out the Periscope for our bowl session. We were having a bowl session uh, after the festivities and there was just, oh, I don't know, maybe five or six of us. And we were having a bowl session and just hanging out and having a few drinks. And one of our friends is like, hey, I'm going to scope this. I mean, he was drunk, but he's like (laughs) drunkenly like, I'm going to scope this. And Tom just went over, took the phone and nope, you know, (laughs) because because it's like now we're to the point where anybody can just pull out Periscope now and whatever's going on and 
and it's there, it's live, it's streaming. And, and yeah, so my first, my first experience on Periscope was having my drunk friend aim his phone at me and say, Hey, let's scope this. And I said, are you effing kidding me? I, and I swore, obviously, I said, are you effing kidding me? And he's like, Oh, you're already getting hearts. <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> going, it's midnight. I've had a few and I just swore on Twitter. And, and that's of course when he Tom came up and was like, Nope. <laughs> and right. so, but, but there's that element now where it's just, it's instant. It's just absolutely instant now. So it, yeah, it really brings up the bigger question of we could be anywhere doing anything and it could be captured on video. Mm-hmm. So how do you live your life when there's always this threat of surveillance really? Yeah, I know. I thought it was, I think it's hilarious these days. People are like, Oh, big brother, big problem. You know, what did the government blah, blah, blah. It's like, you don't have to worry about the government. You have to worry about your drunk buddy. That's what you have to worry about. <laughs> government is nothing. <laughs> I mean, at this point, really, let's let's be real here. You have to worry about your friend. And in a way, there's really not a lot you can do about that other than keep an eye out. And I expect, you know, there'll be lawsuits moving forward. But as far as you are concerned, uh, you know, behave classy and at least show etiquette in your own interactions so that you aren't that guy. Yeah, I think that's great advice. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Adulting. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.